What do you think about when you think about Rocky Ford? Of course, you think about melons. And here we are in Rocky Ford, Colorado. And this is a complete pleasure. Greg Holland back along with Jay Parker. And we're in the field. And with Michael Harakata, how are you? I'm not bad. How are you? Good to see you. And Rick Robbins from Colorado Mills as well. We're about to learn about <laughs> melons. This is great because we're out here and it's like, okay, our favorite melons are coming. But this yeah. is this is the start of it, right? Uh, we're, we're in the, um, I would say... Mid to finishing stage. So May 1st, right? May 1st, we transplant this field. Yeah, somewhere around May 1st. Yeah, tell us where we are right now, Michael. We're five, six miles southwest of Rocky Ford. Uh, this area is called uh, Roberta. Okay. So you know how they do the State of the Union address? Kind of like, <laughs> how the how's the United... How are the melons coming this year? The melons are delayed a little bit because of the early rains, but we'll take the delay because without those rains... You know, uh, we our acreage could have been severely hurt uh, with uh, with the dry conditions. And when do you pluck these babies out of the ground here? Oh, uh, hopefully the end of July, first part of August. So coming here pretty quick. Yep, got to get ready for a lot of work. All right, so it's pretty encouraging because you check back on the fields here, and we've mm -hmm. got some growth going on here. Yep. Jake, come in on one of these things. Well, let's let's find one of these melons, and then I want to talk about That's this process because I think it's a cool learning process. There's one of these. Now, that's coming pretty, the couple of them, yeah. coming pretty far along. How big will that melon get? Those will hopefully be around 17 pounds. 17 pounds. Yeah. Now, earlier today, we were just at uh, Hidden Hive mm -hmm. and talking with Corey as well. And yep. you, when you walked into the field, you said, oh, it looks like Corey's bees are doing their job yeah. right now. Yep. Talk about the process, and I, and I think as we will all learn along with it, but how, how does the pollinization happen? How does, how, how does this work? Okay. Well, you, to make a seed, these are seedless and seeded watermelons. So to make a seedless, to pollinate a seedless, you need a seeded. So what will happen is the male bloom. Can you get down there yeah, close on yeah. something? We want to just here zoom right in there. This will be, this is a male bloom right here. See how it's just, uh, just the stem to the flower. And this would be a female bloom. And I don't know, I think it was, has not been pollinated because it's trying to slough itself. But Wait, say that term again. It's, it'll slough, so it's not healthy. It didn't get pollinated, so it'll, it'll drop off. It'll just drop off. Yeah, but this is a male, but the male, or a female, the, but the, fem the male will open about a week early than the, uh, the female to attract the bees to get them to the field. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Rick, what do you think? It's new. I mean, I've always watched, I've always seen a melon field, uh, and I'm going... I know so little about what's just happened. Join the club. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, listen, you, you, you really have a name for yourself in Rocky Ford. I mean, known for its melons. We expect the perfect melons. People want to know, why do Rocky Ford melons, why are they so sweet and delicious? Well, you know, it's, it's the altitude, uh -huh. uh, the heat of the day, the cool of the night, and that big flux in temperature is why, what makes them so sweet. Flavor lock. Yeah, and it's dry. Usually dry here. Mm -hmm. So you're summertime. sitting on about 600 acres, and you have a you uh, you utilize another 600 acres. Yeah, we we own about 600 acres, and we rent about a 600 more. What will that yield? Oh, I haven't even pound wise. It's pound wise, on the watermelons, oh, maybe 40,000 pounds a truckload, and 
120. A lot. Yeah. An absolute lot. Yeah. So what what all are you farming on this land? We grow watermelons, honeydew, cantaloupe, pumpkins, a whole variety of pumpkins, yeah. and uh, some alfalfa, chili, and uh, field corn. Wow. Yeah. Quite a bit. Which, which is the most popular thing? The most popular is probably pumpkins. Pumpkins? Yes. The most popular for me is probably watermelon. Uh-huh. But it seems we grow more acre, acres of pumpkins than anything, but I would say it's a toss-up between pumpkins and cantaloupe. Uh, everybody look forward. Everybody looks forward to the, uh, the cantaloupe harvest because of the, you know, this, they're so good. Far and wide, we freak out in the Front Range in Denver area. It's like, they're ready, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's cool because the regions of Colorado, and you look at it, and I'm just so proud of that, but you look at Rocky Ford for their melons. You look mm-hmm. at Palisade for their peaches. You look at the sweet corn in Olathe. You, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you go around the state, and it's known for that. What yeah. would you say is the sleeper crop here? I mean, we're in, is it the chilies? No, in Rocky Ford, the yeah. sleeper crop? Yeah. What, I'd say watermelons. You would? Yeah. I mean, they're known for the cantaloupe. We're known for Rocky Fork uh-huh. cantaloupe. But the sleeper is the watermelons. And uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it's a good name associated with a Rocky Ford cantaloupe. Mm-hmm. It's Rocky Ford watermelons also. And I love it. It's just so cool. And you look out here. Is, is the climate right now, this is good. They're, they're loving it today, right? Well, they're, they're doing a lot of growing right now. And so this is a good, easy easy day for them you know the work is uh, they're putting in is not too bad and so it you know i'd like to see a little more sunshine and uh, get the get some more uh vegetation on the um, on the leaves here or, mm-hmm. or you know for shade in the summertime but uh, that'll happen i'm not complaining one bit so the pumpkins come after the watermelon um yeah they'll come probably we start pumpkin harvest about the first of september interesting yeah so we'll plant those late mid to late may and so your growing season is from may to may till the october 31st quite a bit yeah Yeah. what are you doing the off months uh work on equipment work the ground get the plan for next year uh a lot of planning more than more than you'd think get ready to get ready get ready to get ready yeah take that's all what it is yeah you know december and january pretty pretty much our downtime but Mm -hmm. other than that it it comes pretty fast everything we talk about farming and as we tour the state we get to see centennial farms we get to Mm -hmm. see generational farming Mm -hmm. a couple of the questions that come up is number one how do you keep kids engaged in agriculture and farming and to want to continue on with say the Heracotta legend Uh, and legacy (laughs) well the the technology yeah they the gps that runs the tractors the monitors that you can put on the planter to to uh to check your seed population uh there's a lot of things that i need to research and uh, you know i farm with my cousin Mm -hmm. uh, glenn and he he's does a little bit more of the technology side than i do but Mm -hmm. there's so much out there i think to engage these kids to uh to want to keep going to mix what uh their grandpa great grandpa knew with what's coming in the the 21st century i agree and utilizing that technology and that fresher youthful look at agriculture i think it's needed more than ever because one of the things that we're seeing with agriculture is the disconnect from the farmer to the consumer yeah and that'll bridge that gap don't you think i think so but um i think the farmer has to be want want to engage as much as the consumer because farmers don't want to talk they don't want to go to this big city they want to but so farmers need to 
to get out there and put their face out there and say, you know, we're not a corporation. We're, you know, I'm fourth generation. My son's fifth generation. Yeah. And, you know, the farmer has to be willing to do some of that too. I agree. Absolutely. And here, here we are, the modern eater. And, we, and thanks for having us oh, here welcome. today. Thank you. But th there's got to be that trust factor too, you know, mm -hmm. to come in here and to, it's like, you know, you're, you're letting us in on, yeah. on what, what you do. That means a lot, but you think that more folks need to take that leap of faith and, and, I, and have that voice. I think so. And yeah. I think we need to go to the grocery store and, or to the, you know, go to some meet and greets sure. and, and sample our product and say, this is what, this is what it takes to get this melon, this peach or chili, whatever to, to your, uh, to the table. Yeah. And an opportunity when harvest is here and you have all these wonderful farm stands that are open and just mm -hmm. bursting at the seams with wonderful produce yes. is that's the time to seize the opportunity for when the consumer yes. comes to you, to those markets. Are you seeing that exactly. that's happening right yeah. now or, or needs to be a little more no, refined? I, it seems like every year there's more and more people come driving through Rocky Ford to stop at all the markets. I think there's about seven in our valley. Yeah. Do you do some FaceTime? Do you go up there and yeah, when they meet ask, and greet? Sometimes. Yeah. I, I've done several in the past, and as I'm getting older, I'm slowing down, and I <laughs> send my kids. <laughs> this is where it comes from. I mean, I'm just learning so much, and I love to see. I see the ladybugs. I see the bees. Mm -hmm. I see the growth. I see the fields. I am so thankful to see that this ground is moist and, yeah. and wet. I mean, that's fantastic in a predominantly dry area. Yeah. Year to year, as you go along, it's so hard to forecast. I mean, mm -hmm. it's worse than being a gambler in Vegas, right? Yeah. Farming. So do you, what do you learn from year to year to be able to say, here's what we need to get ready? Or is it just throw everything, all it's, logic out the window? We learn a lot. Mm -hmm. And Glenn and I always joke, we learn so much and we make mistakes that, you know, uh -huh. you make mistakes and you learn. Sure. But we have a different situation next year that we've never seen. And it's, we're tired of learning. We want to just <laughs> be bored, yeah. not have any we change. We figured for it out. Time. You never figure <laughs> yeah. it out, right? Yeah. We want to, we, we figure we got it figured out because of all the mistakes and everything that's happened. But nope, next year just throws a, a curveball at you and every uh, year every back to year. square one and figuring more stuff out. Thanks for doing what you do, Michael Heracata. Yeah. Thanks for coming down. And, and thanks for showing people where their food comes uh, from. You're welcome. Thank it's you. very important. Do you love that? I loved it too. More <laughs> information. How can people find more information about your food? Uh, Heracatafarms.com and on um, the website. And then uh, we have Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Check it out. I love it. Thanks for your time. We're going to run down the road. We're going to kick that rock down the road as the Modern Eater Show. We continue.